Gosh, things are happening in the anime. <laughs> I just said, like last week, I just said, like, oh, don't get wild, everybody. The show's not gonna end. The company hasn't even announced anything yet. Like, I think at that point they had announced that yes, they w- did have plans for Scarlet and Violet. And then, like the next day, the Pokemon Company comes out and starts announcing stuff. So. <laughs> As far as I can tell, there will be an anime for Scarlet and Violet exploring that region. But my boy will not be the main character. <laughs> and like, how is he gonna live? Will he be alright? That boy main character is so dang hard every minute of his life. Satoshi, are you even capable of this? I guess we'll see what becomes of Ash and Pikachu in the finale. Whether they go off gym challenging somewhere else without cameras following them, or go skipping off into the Lapidarian Highlands together, the world's last unexplored region, or take up base at Mount Silver, a la our pal Red. I don't know if his latest battle has any responsibility that comes with that, but I just don't see Ash settling down in one place. Like, he and Pikachu are wanderers. But then again, the two of them managed to grind through a year of school, <laughs> so... Best wishes to the two of them, and hopefully I can fall in love with whatever new characters the anime throws at me. I usually do. I do maintain, even if I have to eat my hat on <laughs> some things, I do I do maintain that Ash's televised journey didn't have to end for plot reasons. That simply winning one thing means he's got to retire, there's no more stories we can tell. He's ten, he's clearly mastered everything, nothing in his life could possibly have narrative merit. Like, please. We all watch, or at least have heard of, a sport. They don't retire just because they want a thing, even if it's the big thing. Even if it's the world thing. They kind of keep going keep mastering their craft, or even better, we all watch movies and TV. Like, no one gets cast in one big role and then retires. Well, okay, possibly some people do, but not people striving to become professional actors, not people trying to be the best like no one ever was. How many people win an Oscar and go, oh, well, I guess I'm done. Couldn't possibly do anything else with my life. Like, are you kidding me? They win an Oscar and are like, heck yeah, onward to all the new challenges this will unlock for me. Can I get bigger roles, do better performances, win more of these, win other awards? Like, there are people doing the actor shtick to the literal day they die. And Ash is out of stories because he won a competition as a 10-year-old? In an anime made by a country who reveres the aged master who kept learning and growing and changing long into their winter years? (laughs) Yeah. Ash's adventures in the anime may be ending, 
but they weren't compelled to narratively. That's just a company choice. So I firmly believe Ash will continue training and having adventures. I'm just heartbroken that I won't know what they are. <laughs> and that's why we have fanfiction. Anyway, this is Peak Happy Podcast, a show that uh, waxes philosophical about the Pokemon anime and uh, Ash's quest to be the very best like no one ever was and how nobody gets to define that for him but him himself, even the people creating the show. And today we are uh, covering an episode in the Hoenn region, Advanced Generation number 68, A Double Dilemma. And this one's a doozy, guys. I'm so excited. Because <laughs> we're, we're not quite... In Petalburg City, we're not quite ready for the gym battle, but things are starting to get wild, and this is the kind of advanced generation storytelling that, like, made me fall in love with the Hoenn region. This is, this is the Pokemon content I am here for. Wild and bold and dumb in all the right ways. Um, fun fact, the Japanese title of this is Papa wa idolu? It's wari no gym leader. Or... Papa is an idol? The false gym leader? Which I think is a reference to this 1989 show Mama wa Idolu, which was then remade in 2012 with Nishikido Ryo as Papa wa Idolu. The premise being uh, in, in a family, the new spouse originally, Mama, Papa in the reboot, is actually a famous idol, and the hijinks and family drama that ensue from having a famous parent who's not actually supposed to be married, and we gotta pretend to be a normal person in the daylight... But at nighttime, you're a big star. You're living the best of both worlds, Hannah Montana. I'm actually a lot more familiar with the reboot because Papadoru starred Nishikiro Ryo as himself, which meant all his, like, real-life interactions in the entertainment world showed up in this show. It, it's really quite a hilarious show. I would encourage you to look at it. And I have not seen it, but I'm pretty sure Mama wa Aidoru was much in the same vein of just incredibly fun hijinks and poking fun at the entertainment industry and people making cameos as themselves like Kota Kumi shows up at one point being her glorious self so anyway I thought that was a funny connection but back to the episode of the tv show we're actually watching the kids arrive at North Petalburg City so they're getting really close to the gym and May and Max's home and they decide to hit up the Pokemon Center before anything but spirits are riding high. Like, we are so close to that battle, I can almost taste it. Anyway, the kids arrive at the Pokemon Center um, about the same time as Nurse Joy receives a shipment of vegetables from the local grocer. Which isn't the important thing, but that is the same time that things start getting weird. Nurse Joy recognizes May and Max, which which is only a little surprising. Like, they are kids of the gym leader. He and the Nurse Joys are practically work colleagues. Gyms are a big deal. And Pokemon Centers frequently are, like, very well connected with the gym leader. So Maid is not that surprised by Joy. She chats a bit with her, like, the usual, welcome back, it feels good to be home talk that we all know so well. This is not exactly their hometown, the next township over, really. But it's still cool that people know Max and May. But that grocer woman, Rose, she's a busybody, and as I said, this is where it starts getting weird. Because Rose tells everybody that May and Max are back, and now the entire town descends. They're mobbed, like throngs of people. The news crew is here, and now May's surprised. She was not this famous when she left home. Neither was Max. But now everybody wants to hear about life on the road, and you're on your way to being a top coordinator, right? Hometown girl making good. 
And they say, May, tell us everything. And she's like, okay, well, I'm not very good. Which is such a May thing to say. I love this. But she has won two ribbons, which Max suggests she show to the crowd. She does, and she's both proud and embarrassed that it's only two. But the crowd is eating it up. It's all a little bizarre, and Ash feels like his main character status is getting a bit threatened, so he jumps in like, I do stuff too. He shows off his four badges, and everyone's like, whatever, loser, who cares? They physically boot him out of the crowd. It's wild. We'll, we'll come back to this, but first we're going to follow Team Rocket for a bit. We see that uh, Norman, the gym leader, May and Max's dad, is really popular here. There's merch of his face all over town. Backpacks, t-shirts, keychains. It's amazing. The man's practically pop star levels of famous here in North Petalburg. And Jesse gets an idea. Give the people what they want. Team Rocket is really good at disguises. They'll impersonate Norman and Caroline, hold an autograph signing event, and pocket tons of cash. This actually has the makings of a good plan, until Meowth and Wobbuffet get in on the action. Posing as May and Max, respectively, my word, I can't. <laughs> like, they couldn't pretend to be new Pokemon that Norman and Caroline caught, like, or literally anything else. They had, they had to impersonate human children with wigs and costumes. My word, Team Rocket goes hard and I love them. Oh my gosh, I just had a thought. If Ash Ketchum is not headlining the anime, what about Team Rocket? Is this the end for them too? Oh my gosh, I gotta watch that finale. These are things I gotta know. Anyway, focus, focus. So they dress up as Norman and Caroline and the crowd is of my opinion. The Norman and Caroline disguises fly, but uh, those kids, uh, something's wrong with them. <laughs> James and Jesse are playing up the parent aspect, like, ugh, you had to bring your kids. I'm like, well, right now they're your kids. <laughs> a legit neighbor of Norman's, he claims, which is a story in of itself, because when we met Norman at the start of the series, he was the new gym leader, and it was sort of implied that he and the family might have moved here. Not necessarily um, from Johto, but... In the games, that is where he moves from, and the episodes where we meet May, again, it's established that Norman is brand new, and while it, I don't believe it's ever stated directly, it is the evidence is given that he possibly could have moved here from somewhere else. Either way, a neighbor is here who claims he's lived next to Norman for most of his adult life, and he's inspecting these kids. James holds his ground. Norman doesn't run in fear. Commit to your cosplay. And this near-lifetime neighbor. Yep, looks like May and Max to me. How you been, kids? <laughs> My word. Max, how much you've grown. A little blue and bloated. Must have caught a cold. May, you shrunk. Must be all that exercise. Like, this is comedy gold, what's happening here. <laughs> Meanwhile... Back with the real May and Max, uh, they're still stuck in the mob. And at the crowd's request, May has beautiful eyes show off Silverwind, hoping the crowd will then let them leave. 
and Ash is being bullied by a pair of boys who are clearly jealous that he gets to travel around with May and Max like, hi, you just can't waltz in off the street and challenge Norman. Only special trainers can challenge him and that's not you. Never mind that Norman's entire job is accepting challengers who walk in off the street. And Ash is like, what the F is happening? I haven't met anyone this aggressively out to get me since Gary. Till Brock says, I think he wants to battle with you. And then Ash lights up like, all right, yeah, you're speaking my language. They find a field and they go at it. The kid has a gold duck. Ash sends out Grovile. Brock's like, huh, grass against water. How unlike Ash. <laughs> I won't say it's completely unmatched because gold duck does get a good hydro pump in. But it's clear that Grovile is owning this match. And eventually Grovile wins. Not that we expected much else, but good job. That takes care of one naysayer, but the other kid runs up, like my turn to put him in his place. And then another kid runs up. And another. Ash soon has a queue of kids lined up to take him down. He's like, oh, that is not what I meant to do. After making his way, through every single challenger, his entire team and he are exhausted. Ash is finally like, ugh, just everyone attack me at the same time. Pikachu, this is your moment. Because <laughs> if there's one thing Pikachu's always been great at, it's demolishing entire battlefields. So Pikachu takes out like five Pokemon at once, but these kids have more Pokemon and, and more kids, it looks like. Whoever in town isn't hanging out with May is hanging out here. They're determined still to rack Ash, logic be darned. But speaking of May and Max, May is enjoying showing off her Pokemon and getting some accolades that she, she doesn't usually get. And her contesting skills and her Pokemon are, you know, just wowing the crowd. But after a while, her Pokemon are getting worn out and the crowd is not. May's trapped, performing like a jester, and she can't get away. Until two of those kids challenging Ash run up and grab the ear of the reporter. A crisis, they say. Some uppity kid thinks he's good enough to challenge Norman. He's totally not all that, but like, he's been beating the pants off of all of us. We got a problem here. That apparently is enough to make front page news. Well, no little upstart is going to get so cocky in this town. And the crowd decides that May should go beat the pants off Ash and humiliate him and show him what for. The bullying aspect of this aside, May is exhausted and so are her Pokemon, but we'll cut back to them in a second after we check in with Team Rocket, who have started selling autographs now that they've successfully fooled the town into thinking they're Norman and Caroline's family. Now I'm starting to wonder about this guy who claimed to live next door to Norman, like he's so excited about getting an autograph and wallpapering his house in buttons and like a shrine and... Like, not that you can't be friends with famous people and still get excited about the stuff that they do, but, like, don't you see him often? How long since you've been Norman's neighbor, guy? If you're as close as you implied, you probably have a lot more personal things with Norman than a button and a personal autograph. Like, you don't need the shrine. But whatever, we all get excited by handshake events and the like, and Team Rocket is making bank. We'll see how long that lasts, but first we'll swing back to Ash. Uh, he has an actual mountain of fainted Pokemon in front of him. He and Pikachu are frazzled, like, when is this going to end? 
And unfortunately, that's when the marching crowd arrives carrying May and Max on a raised platform. Both Ash and May are bewildered to see each other. Ash didn't think he was a rude, disrespectful trainer. And May, the coordinator, knows where her battle skills currently rank against Ash placed top 8th at his most recent tournament and literally taught her to throw a Pokeball Ketchum. But the crowd is so darn confident in her that she seems to get a false sense of, of security here. Like, yeah, I can do it. I'll win one for my dad. This will not end well. Especially since Ash is here for a gym battle. I wrote this in all caps in my notes. The boy has one dream and one dream alone. Be the world's greatest Pokemon master like no one ever was. And part of achieving that dream is challenging strong trainers, including, and not limited to, gym leaders. And if May intends to stand in his way, then so be it, May. We shall do battle. So Skitty and Beautifly have run themselves into the ground, performing for the crowd. May's choice for the battle is Torchic. Ash calls on Pikachu, who is like, oh gosh, no, and collapses. Ash is like, okay, um, who's left? Honestly, Taylo is the only one in fighting shape. Brock calls out that he's worried Ash himself is more exhausted than all his Pokemon put together. Ash is like, I'm fine! <laughs> I can totally do this! So, it's Taylo versus Torchic. It starts off a bit one-sided. Torchic's like, why am I here? <laughs> the crowd boos that Ash has the upper hand. And that's what gets Ash and Taylor in the end, like the booze of the crowd, the shameless bullying. He's crouched on the ground, hiding from the verbal attacks. That Mace Torchic can now use Ember on Taylor while it's busy checking on the emotional state of its trainer. <laughs> oh man. That is a really cute shot though, Ash just like cowering and Taylor being like, leaving its battle position and swooping back around like, you okay, man? <laughs> um, but then, uh... Ember also hits Ash directly. Like, this is wild. May, who just set Ash on fire, is jumping up and down like, Oh my gosh, I'm winning! This never happens. She has Torchic set off another massive Ember, large enough that Taylo turns tail and flees like you're on your own, Ash. <laughs> Ash gets barbecued. The town lady, uh, the grocer, Rose, acting as referee, announces that Ash is unable to battle. Not Taylo. Taylo's fine. Ash is unable to paddle. So May and Torchic win. The peasants rejoice. Max is a bit disillusioned, like, I guess a win is a win. <laughs> Meanwhile, Pikachu and Taylo crowd around Ash like, bro, our trainer needs a hospital. Anyway, while Ash gets some medical care, Team Rocket, as I said earlier, is making tons of money, but leaving with it is harder than they thought. Everyone in town wants a piece of them. No matter where they go, trying to skip town, the second someone's eyes fall on them, they're back to running and hiding. Like, what good is all the money in the world if you don't have your freedom? Being celebrities have some downsides. Like, they cannot get away. They cannot have a private moment enough to dip into the shadows and escape with their uh, illegally gotten money. And this is where they run into trouble, because sooner or later... Members of the crowd chasing them realize that, hey, May and Max are over here setting children on fire, but I just saw them with their parents running into that alley. Something fishy is going on. The townspeople chasing Team Rocket start catching up, 
while others rally around May and whisk her off to send these imposters packing. Except, when the groups meet up and have Team Rocket sandwiched between them, May's first words are, Hey, Dad, what are you doing in this town? Oh, my actual word. Team Rocket's disguise game is truly of legend. Thankfully, as May and Max get closer, they realize that something is off. You're not my dad. Team Rocket decides to double down. Of course I'm not your father. I'm May and Max's father, and May and Max are right here with me. Who are you? Max looks at Wobbuffet. Right. (laughs) It looks like civil war is about to erupt in the town as people fight over who are the real May and Max. But May solves the whole problem by reverting to the same strategy that defeated Ash Ketchum. She has Torchic set Team Rocket on fire. We probably should talk to May about that, but it's very helpful now. It burns off the costumes, leaving Team Rocket imposting plain as day. Ash and May are like, we really should have known. It's time for a Pokemon battle. Pikachu defends Torchic from Cacnea's pin missile, but Seviper uses Haze to cover Team Rocket's retreat. The balloon floats away with all the money, and in the confusion, Team Rocket also tries to grab Pikachu. But when they rise above the smoke, realize they grab Torchic instead. Luckily, Pikachu's still got it in him for another rescue, and Ash has pulled himself together enough to call for quick attack. Pikachu runs up the nearest tree and launches himself at the balloon, gives all the bad guys a good whack, and frees both Torchic and the bags of cash then finally uses Thunderbolt to send Team Rocket blasting off. And with this daring rescue, the crowd's tune has changed. Not about Ash. He's still a loser. But Pikachu is very talented. It might just be able to challenge Norman. Well, after all that nonsense, the team manages to wrench their way out of North Petalburg City and head over to Petalburg City proper. May and Max decide that they're going to have to be sure to ask their dad if he knows about his strange fan club. And Ash plans to finally, finally, finally have that gym battle. (sighs) Uh, I I love episodes like this. Like, there's something about the Hoenn region in general. and, And it does depend a little bit on who's writing the episodes and such. But, like... There's more structure to it and more world building than the original series, um, Indigo League. But the spirit of anarchy and, like, wild comedy is (laughs) alive and well in this season, and I love it so much. And not to mention that by this point in the English dub and the Japanese uh, version as well. Like the voice actors had all settled into their roles so well, like they are killing it. I notice it more in English just because I watch it more in English, but like they are making all kinds of fun voices and just oh, the whole voice cast for Hoenn League was on fire. I don't know. I just really love it. And like this episode's weird. It's dumb, but it's funny. And <laughs> Team Rocket is being their best Team Rocket selves. I, oh gosh, it's so great. This is the kind of filler that I I show up for. Um, and unfortunately for Ash, but fortunately for us, uh, the next episode will not be a gym battle much as he had hoped, but he's getting closer. He's getting, he's getting his foot, literal foot in the literal door next episode. So, 
It's going to be another, like, quote, filler, but it's going to have a lot of interesting things happening. We're going to run into Norman and Caroline again. Brock is going to have more unexplained adventures in gym towns, and um, Ash is going to have to learn how to not be the main character for five seconds. So tune in next time for Love Petalberg Style. But until next time, this has been Peacappy Podcast. You can find us on the internet at peacappypodcast.blogspot.com uh, or anywhere where fine podcasts are caught in the RSS feed. Until next time, best wishes and gotta catch them all. <laughs> <laughs>